M A I N M E N U Main Menu Main Menu Welcome to Main Menu for the week of May 16 to May 22, 2014. I'm your host, David Tanner, and we are very pleased to have you with us today here on Main Menu. If you are a returning listener, welcome back. We are very pleased that you have decided to come back and be with us again here this week on Main Menu. If you're a new listener, welcome. We are very pleased to have you, and we hope you enjoy the program and get a lot of valuable information out of what we have to present to you today here on Main Menu. Well, it is going to be an interesting program today, and I think it is a program that's going to give you some information that maybe a lot of you have been thinking about, have discussed, maybe even debated with other people. And we are going to have a presentation from David Wilkerson from Hymns, brought to us compliments of the Serotalk podcast network and the fine people at saratech.com that discusses a topic that is a topic that we all talk about occasionally and people come down on different sides and we're going to find out which side maybe you want to come down on or um, somewhere in the middle we're going to be talking about do you use a note taker or do you use an eye device or do you use a little bit of both? What's the way to go for the things you need to do in your life, whether it's a job, whether it's education, whatever it might be that you need to do, and you need a note-taking device of some sort and to be able to do maybe a lot of other things also, what's the best way to go, note-taker or eye device? Particularly, David is gonna be talking about use of a note taker or an iPad, but it has the same implications for other devices also, to some extent or another, depending on what it is you need to do. And that's going to be our first presentation. And again, we thank the fine folks at Sarah Talk Podcast Network for allowing us to re-air this presentation from the recent 2014 CSUN conference. And then David Woodbridge is going to come to us and he is going to be demonstrating the use of the iOS maps on your iOS device for getting route step information. And he's going to show us how you go about that and why you'd want to go and do that. And that's what's up today here on Main Menu. We hope you have a great week this week. And we'll be back with us again here next week on Main Menu. Have a great week. We'll see you back here next week on Main Menu. If you're interested in providing feedback about Main Menu, chatting with all of the members of the Main Menu staff, and be able to communicate with a large number of Main Menu's listeners, you might wish to subscribe to the Main Menu Friends mailing list. To subscribe to the Main Menu Friends mailing list, you can send an email to mm-friends-subscribe at acbradio.org. That's mm-friends-subscribe 
at acbradio.org. You can also participate in conversation about Main Menu on Twitter by following at Main Menu or visiting our Twitter page at www.twitter.com slash main menu. I'm Dave Wilkinson. I'm the business development manager for HIMSS. I've been an assistive technology user since birth for obvious reasons. Those reasons being that if I wasn't using assistive technology, I wouldn't be doing a whole lot. So I've been in this field an awfully long time uh, with a number of different companies. I'm thrilled to be a part of HIMSS. I joined HIMSS approximately seven months ago. I was a convert from the dark side. Um, I, uh, after being an other side user for a very long period of time, my wife, in an astounding show of loyalty, bought a HIMSS product when I worked for Humanware. And, uh, and, uh, so, and, then, and then she started being able to do things with it, like stream better, she had more memory, it was faster, I could go on and on, and I got, I'm a very competitive person, even in my own household, I'm like, I don't need this anymore, so I sold my dark side product, and I bought a HIMSS product, and parlayed it into a job, and here I am. So, in 30 seconds or less, that's how we got here. The reason I don't like this workshop, and I don't, I may have mentioned that, is that, is it the wrong question part of it, is the important part of this. We, we tend to, and this is where my, I'm sorry visuals, you'll have to deal with just audio and, uh, and a blank screen up there for a little bit. Because if I turn the video on on my braille sense, you'll see all the notes that I'm looking at and not even I want that to happen. But the reason I really don't like this workshop is it implies that there needs to be a choice made. And I think that that's an unfortunate move and an unfortunate pigeonhole that people are put in involuntarily. If you are a fully able-bodied person in a classroom setting or in a professional setting or in virtually any setting that you can think of, you don't have to make this choice. You don't have to decide, do I want one piece of technology that's essential for my life or another piece of technology that is essential for my life? You get both. You have pen, paper, iPhone, iPad, sticky notes, computer, you name it, right? That was a groan. <laughs> Curtis doesn't agree with me. I would here. argue that economically, some people are filming, but that's not part of this discussion. So. That's okay. Fair enough, to some extent. You have as many choices as you're able to have in order to be a successful person, or as many choices <laughs> as you can get to be a successful person. So yes? More choices. They more have more choices than we do. They certainly have more choices than we do. And they're not presented with choices of, I can either do A or B, both of which could dramatically affect my future and limit my options. And that's what frustrates me about the idea of making a choice between this. What we're all in the business of here, my primary focus at HIMSS is on increasing our business and education. And in an educational setting, schools are going to provide as many choices as possible for their students. And Teachers are wanting what's best for their students. Parents are wanting what's best for their, stu their students. Hopefully, administrators are wanting what's best for their students. But again, we come back to Curtis's bottom line here. Unfortunately for us, and you all know the, the statistics, and Curtis, jump in and correct me if I'm wrong here because I will get some of them wrong, but we all know that the unemployment rate, the, 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 what I'm getting at here is just the importance of Braille to begin with because we'll, we'll get that out of the way, and then we'll start getting into our note-takers and iPad discussion. But for starters, with all of this, no matter which choice you go with, you've got to have Braille. Amen. And the reason you've got to have Braille is very simple. It has nothing to do with touchy-feely, feel-good stuff, warm and fuzzy. We can be as neoconservative as we want when we look at this. We can take all the, the touchy-feely stuff out of it. The blind unemployment rate is abysmal. Yes? Yes. yes. It's anywhere from, what, up to 74%? 
Curtis, help me with that's, numbers that's here. That's the high. Okay, so it's like 59 to 74%. Yeah. Isn't that the, the general range we go off of? So let's take the low today. I usually take the high where I have somebody look to the left and the right. I'm like, all right, all three of you are out of a job. And the other one-fourth has a job. But today we'll go with 59%. That's still above one and two. So you can still look to your left and to your right, and they don't have a job, but you do, as far as the numbers go. That's a pretty staggering statistic. If you are a blind student and you are availed the opportunity to use Braille, and if you so choose to use that opportunity, and don't use speech as your primary means of uh, communicating with the world, your chances of getting a job go up by, what is it, about 80%. Yeah. So from a purely conservative standpoint, what you're doing here is you're investing in the now so that all those blind people can pay for our retirement. <laughs> so it's real basic. Take all the, it would be nice for them to be productive citizen stuff out of the equation. I want to retire one day. I need these people to get jobs. Get Braille. So there. Um, but that's part of why Braille is important. Braille is the key to productivity. So now that we have that sort of established here, we can look at the choices that we then, and, and, and the reason I bring that up is that when you're looking at a, at a school setting in particular, a lot of the times administrators will say something like, well, we've only got enough money to get, like, say, an iPad for this kid. We don't need that Braille stuff. It's got speech. Now, the football stadium we can afford. Uh, <laughs> You know, you want a new conference room? Done. A couple thousand bucks for that kid over there? Yeah, that's difficult. So if you start throwing numbers, then it starts to make more sense to them sometimes. You know, that child is paying for your retirement. Spend the money, have one fewer perk and one luxury box and one football stadium, and you're good to go. In a lot of instances, one solution doesn't fit all. Classrooms change as far as the materials they use, the, the applications they're using. Teachers change strategies sometimes in midstream. If a student's not getting it from one perspective, they'll switch and they'll, go, and they'll try something else, right? At least if they're good teachers. We need to have the same type of strategies employed with our students and with our workers. One solution doesn't always work. If I tell you today to use a note taker and skip your iPhones or your iPads, then you're going to have trouble doing things like, say, texting. You're not going to be able to download the latest cool blind game app, whatever it is. I don't know anything about games, but somebody in here will. You're missing out on a lot of the entertainment value that your iDevices employ. And again, getting back to the Braille aspect of this, when you're using Braille with these devices, you can mute the speech, and the person next to you doesn't have to hear what you're texting to your significant other, to your friend about your bad staff meeting, whatever it may be. But if you... You know Braille, you can also type five times faster than a person who was using the QWERTY keyboard that was talked about the other day. This is true. Device. This is true. So that there are significant advantages again. And if you're going to go with the Braille solution, this is a HIMSS commercial time. We do have a HIMSS product that's perfect for you if you're going to use an eye, an eye device and a, uh, and a Braille display. We do have our Braille Edge 40. I'm now modeling it, waving it around. I'm hoping you go with a note taker and an eye device so you get the best of both worlds. But if you choose to go the cheaper route, if you've got to have that little corner of the, you know, with the, with the bar in the high school football stadium, and they're not going to free up those couple thousand bucks price difference, and by all means, go with the Braille Edge, which just, uh, are, are most of you all familiar with what the Braille Edge does, how it sets itself apart from other note-taking devices? No. No? Yeah. Yes, yeah, no. So you know, similar. you know everything, Curtis. I know, but see, what I'm, here's what's really, this is an, an evil workshop presentation thing. You want someone to say no, because then it reaffirms the fact that I know more than you do. And, uh, and, and, and it gives me something to explain. The reason that the Braille Edge is really cool is in the left-hand side here, we have a secure digital card. 
Now, the obvious question is, why would we have a secure digital card stuck into the left side of our Braille edge? It's not like a pencil holder. We're not just keeping it for use later on. The Braille edge has very limited note-taking capabilities, meaning that independent of my iPad, independent of my PC, my Mac, my Android device, I can take this into a classroom setting or into a work setting, and I can write in a scratch pad. I'm not going to write a treatise on war and peace on this and do proper formatting and have it ready to go, but I'm going to be able to write notes on what my teacher wants me to do for homework this evening or what my boss wants me to do by next week's staff meeting. I'm able to save those notes to my secure digital card. I then move my secure digital card to my PC, or my laptop, whatever, my Mac. I copy them over. I've got somewhere to keep them so that I can have backups. So I'm getting a scratch pad available on my Braille Ed. It's a pretty big scratch pad. Are you are you doing that at the 40 cells? No, I'm talking about the 32 gigabytes. Thank you. I, you know, I need to have you on the road with me. Yes, sir. Um, if you want, if 32 gigabytes isn't enough, you could hook this up to an external hard drive and go nuts. But uh, I don't recommend it. Uh, you can also read books on here. This will write in text and BRF. Or, I'm sorry, BRL. It will open braille formatted files, braille files, text files, rich text files, doc, DOC files, and DOCX files, which means that you've got a nice scratch pad for writing and you've got a very limited book reader for reading because you could open things like you know books from Bookshare that are saved as BRF files or books from WebBraille. And you can do a find command and find the page that you want, you're off to go. So if you are forced to go with a solution where you have to make a choice between a note taker and an iDevice and you still want Braille for your iDevice because you do because we want your students to be able to be employed so they can pay for our retirement, you can choose the Braille Edge. That was a mouthful. We're going to use that even more if I remember it. This is why I'm glad Joe's recording it. <laughs> I have no idea. So there are Braille display options even if you're not going to be going all out with a note taking option. The beauty of a note taker, and this is preaching to the choir and I realize that to a large extent. A note taker that is worth its salt is going to give you 100% accessibility to everything that it has on it all the time. Yes? Yes. Which I think it's fair to say doesn't happen on the iPad or Android side. Now the room gets really quiet. <laughs> I do have a question related to input. Okay. iOS. I, I, don't, I have concerns about that when you say uh, that it can be used by students. <coughs> Frankly, I think you and I would probably agree. The, the question was that he has concerns about input on in iOS 7. I think iDevices make rotten note takers. And this gets into sort of the limits of choice that we're talking about pe people having to use. Uh, the Braille Edge that we were talking about for note takers can be used as a standalone scratch pad so that you're not having to input into iOS 7 for your notes. But in general, I'd, I would not advocate having to use Simply the delay in translating, it's easier to get lost. I simply don't find it to be as efficient of a means of taking notes. If I'm, the other reason that, I'm not, that you run into problems with that is that you ultimately want to use as few pieces of technology at any given point as, as you can, right? I do think the untechnological rehab professionals that I work with who have to spend money need that kind of information so they don't look at the dollars and go, oh, look, we can save all this money. Yes. yes. That's exactly what they're doing now. And if the client doesn't have <laughs> enough information to tell them, so this is beautiful what you're talking about. Yes. Well, thank you. Uh, Dave, it's all ad lib because my, yeah, my media guy never showed up. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> well, also, you have to avoid the duplication of technology art. The duplication of technology argument is what we're going to be getting into here in a little bit. What happens a lot of times 
at least what I see happening, is someone who isn't fully aware of this says, I've got an internet browser on my iDevice or my Android device. I have an internet browser on my note-taking device. Why do I need both? And what they miss is that you have features on each device that work better than the other device. And so it becomes a matter of con where you're choosing the solution based on the context that, that you're in. And by choosing a solution for your students or for your workers, you're actually limiting their thinking where they, they assume that this one solution will always fit their needs and they're being set up to fail. Because if you tell someone this is the end-all be-all, your ticket to ride, and that ticket doesn't work, they haven't been taught how to think to be able to problem solve, to use other solutions. Because one solution is not going to be your only deal for life, right? Right. And we do this with other students. We tell them, you know, they say, my iPad is running this page, whatever this slow. Use your computer. It's simple. An example of that. You're finally going to get some visuals of silence. We're going to plug my iPad in here. And we'll do a quick comparison. We'll show sort of the, we're all familiar with the Bookshare app. Screen lock. With read to go, right? 9.44 a.m. Hmm? March 21st, unlock do what? Well, that's true. You can use voice stream. Well, then I'll take. We could. Because then you can read Braille. Well, you can read Braille with either one of them. Um, but I'll tell you what we'll do. Since we're having arguments and issues with that, we'll show you what's really cool about what the your note taker can do. Because either with voice stream or with your read to go, you've also got a choice that you can use with your. Let's crank our volume up here. This was turned way down last night, sorry. Okay, visuals, are you seeing anything on the screen? Yes, yes. Okay, good. One of the cool things that we have on here, and this sort of goes into, and, and, and remember again that a lot of us in here would be sort of categorized as techie geeks. Is that fair? Yeah. yeah. We want something that's relatively simple to be able to use this thing, right? Yeah. It's hard to get simpler than this. Now let's hope that the Wi-Fi holds up or I'm going to look like a dork. If I go in my note taker, and if I head to, it will help to actually get out of my file. If I go into my Bookshare app, it's going to automatically sign me in unless the Wi-Fi dies, in which case we forget we ever had this conversation. It's thinking. This is when I start to get nervous. That's right. <laughs> Thank you. It is a little slow even for our eyes. Good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, no, you can't do that. One of them's your toy. <laughs> <laughs> mine is in mine, or mine is in you bought it for me? Uh, yours is in yours, Miss Deborah. Select search mode. Hey, you're right, it is. You have to be nice to that toy. Okay, so now we're, we have search mode books, and this is just an app that's built in here. If I need help, I can always hit my H in the space bar. And the reason I emphasize this is that a lot of times with the apps, you don't have, um, you, you get sort of ad hoc help, whatever people seem to think to put in there. And now all I have to do is type in the name of the book that I want. What book do we want today? Call of the Wild. Excellent. Call of the I just didn't hit the space bar. The journalist in the room. 
And again, this is going to be a little slow, but it's going to pull up Call of the Wild. Well, they really don't want you to use any, any interactive stuff on the web here, do they? And all we're going to have to do is hit enter, and it's going to download Call of the Wild and take it over. Oh, it is too. What do you mean there's no result? What did Jim Fruchterman do to me? Let's try this again. Now I'm desperate for this book. Okay, so here we go. Um, and now all I have to do at this point is press enter, and this book is downloaded. And now it's going to grab the book, and it's going to download it and store it on my device, and I can take it anywhere. Download started. Download done. Package zip file. Please wait. The call of the wild 112. Now, did you notice that it also unzipped it for me? Yes. So I have to do nothing. Wow. It's hard to beat that, isn't it? Yeah. Now, yes, I could use my iDevice for this, and I could use two things to be reading off of my iDevice and kill two batteries at once, or I could use no. one. And that's the type of thing that I think we run into a lot, where... We, we think just because you can do something else, I mean, you know, I could find my wife across the lobby just by yelling really loud, or I could call her. It's probably better off to call her, which is just a matter of critical thinking. Uh, the same happens here. I could get a book using two devices and always have to have my two devices going and kill my two batteries, or I could use one. Thoughts or questions so far? You know, the one thing that I, um, I'm thinking of right now is and I'm teaching word processing. It's like, matter of fact, if you want to go to the top of the document by hitting the left arrow to get to the top of the document or the one keystroke. So I think the, the main point is the fastest way to get from point A to point B, if you will. I would agree. And that, speaking of, of speed, speed leads to caffeine. Caffeine leads to Starbucks. Starbucks leads to a $15 Starbucks gift card for 15 years of anniversary of hymns. And the gift card is yours. Yeah. <laughs> now, someone has to get it to him because I'm wired. To the mic, not to the caffeine. <laughs> okay, here you go. Now, the good news is that we have one more that will be randomly given away to a lucky member of the audience before this workshop is over. Don't let me forget. Now, the trick is to use that 15 bucks all in one cup of coffee. <laughs> all right. <laughs> I totally agree that Braille needs to be taught and it should be assumed in the state from where I work. Um, it, it doesn't happen very often, even though the kids should be reading Braille. So once they get to the VR station, they have no Braille skills. Here, here. And so that's, from a VR standpoint, that's what we're running up against. I think note takers are fabulous, um, but we're not going to buy them for people who don't read Braille. I'm a Braille user, but the problem I come across all the time, and I'm an AT specialist as well, is that whenever I recommend Braille note taker, the cost is the biggest issue that the counselors, the rehab counselors don't understand. And I don't know how I could advocate for Braille. I'm a really strong Braille user. I can come up with at least a hundred arguments as to why yeah. they should spend the money. Mm -hmm. Even for somebody who's not a proficient Braille reader today. I think it would be worth it to hear a couple of those arguments to answer her question. Do you guys mind if we turn this into a free-form sort of deal? <laughs> I, I want to jump in with just one, because one thing that I've found that so far has not failed me. Any voc rehab counselor that I talk to, if I use a local agency 
or their own office where they know blind people and I say, look around at the blind people that you know who are professionally employed, how many of them are Braille users? And I've yeah. been doing that for about a year and so far it's amazed even me because it hasn't been the 85% that, that we hear about, it's been 100%. Well, in our VR agency buys note-takers for Braille readers. Um, if they've learned Braille and get to a, to a particular proficiency, we will buy the Braille note-taker. The problem is we have a lot of people who are not Braille readers. That, that's a different issue. That's a different issue. In other words, you have to have a modicum of ability to want to do Braille, but you know, like I even take, you take a beginning Braille person who knows the alphabet, you know, they're just starting to do Braille, and the culture might say, let's just get them a voice note taker. They don't need a Braille display. And my answer is, one, if you want them to get better at Braille, which, you know, you can set the stage for why you want them to get better with Braille, this will give them an opportunity to practice as they're getting some work done and their skill level will go up because they'll have the Braille to provide reinforcement as they go forward. Curtis, as you know, and my former co-workers in this room know, I used to say, okay, that's a great analogy. I tell you what, why don't we just get on a bicycle for work, just like you're going to have to have a bicycle for work instead of a car. And for the down payment of a car, you're giving someone the ability to transport on their own, as opposed to having to go through life on a bicycle. One of the other things that I would toss in here that I think people forget sometimes is that Braille has two parts to it, being able to read it and being able to write in it, yep. right? Yep. If you are relatively at all proficient or at least able to read it but your writing skills are somewhat lacking what people forget with this is that if you want as a bridge you can either get a braille note taker with a computer keyboard or my preferred solution although I'll be happy to sell you a braille note taker with a computer keyboard is to simply get a $12 keyboard from Radio Shack, if need be, plug it into your note taker and let them use the keyboard for a little bit to get them to read Braille. I am frankly more interested in the ability to read and I'll, I'll let the ability to write, use whatever keyboard method you want, but I want to have a literate person. Yes. Yeah, I think it's important to focus on the reading because the writing, frankly, if you're using a Braille keyboard, you got to be pretty knowledgeable about Braille, especially if you're communicating with visual people because of the back translation issues and all that. Now, you don't want to get into that discussion. That's not no, you don't. And we overcomplicate this. We make Braille too hard a lot of the times. Yeah. If you don't want to learn how to write it, I don't care. Use a keyboard. That's what they're there for. And you don't have to write in contracted Braille either. No, you don't have to write in contracted Braille. And again, this is where you get into the iPad or note takers at the wrong question bit. If you're writing on your iDevices and if you start using contracted Braille, we've all had our translation issues that turn into a mess, yes? Oh, uh, yeah. Where you write an L, you think for a second, you hit another L for little, and you get like-like. <laughs> it's a little different. Doesn't quite work. It's a like-like. Yeah, like-like, it's totally different. Sorry. <laughs> That's way showing my age. <laughs> I'm so wicked sorry. But that's sort of, sort of the other thing that you get into in, in, uh, in classroom settings, and this is, uh, again, something that's really crucial for me, uh, since I deal primarily with education, everybody is running around talking about Nimeth, Nimeth, Nimeth at this point, right? Which I'm all in favor of, because, I mean, I learned it, and if I learned it, everybody else should have to learn it. But on iDevices, at this given point... Word processor. And this time, we're going to switch our uh, visuals out. Randy, you owe me. Um, 
Except that he's not here to know that he owes me. I'm here. Hey, you are there. You owe me. <laughs> Friday, March, unlock. Okay. Everyone's always, and you should be seeing my iPad up there. Yes, I can even see my iPad up there. I can't tell what it says. You can use a, mat, a markup language for math. It's called MathML, which your iDevices will support, but which doesn't happen to have a whole lot of materials in it, right? So a lot of the time when you open up Nemeth on your iDevice, come on, go okay, to your little do your little search thing for me. Notes button. Go. Settings. One new item. Home. Swipe up with three fingers to close the app. Settings. App Store. Music. Dropbox. Read to go. Safari. I think I still iBooks. have iBooks in here. We go. Swipe up with three fingers to I close just the conveniently app. happen to have what math sort of sounds like on your iPhone if you're not careful. Library. Button. List view. Library. Button. List CK appearance. Button. Search. Button. Add bookmark. Button. Here. Just go to the text on iBooks. You were working so well earlier. Page 12. Adjustable. Double tap and hold. Then drag left or right to change the page. Swipe up or down with one finger to adjust the value. I don't want to. I just want you to read. Page chooser. Page 12. Adjustable. Which is part of the issue that you run into with these rascals is that everything works differently every time, right? Yeah. We're going to make this work if it kills me. Appearance. Button. (laughs) CK 12. List view. Button. You're so... Library. Button. Thank you. Store. CK-12 Middle School Math, Grade 6, Volume 1 of 2, CK-12 Foundation, Mathematics. There we go. Now we should get our page. I'm seeing it. List view, button, CK-12 Appearance, CK-12 Middle School Math. Come on. We may just give up on this part of it. Number sets and variable expressions. Now that we have learned about addition and subtraction, it is time for multiplying whole numbers. Addition and multiplication are related. Oh, ellipsis. What does that mean exactly? Now we're going to get some numbers here in a little bit that are going to look great and they're going to sound rotten. Yeah, I'm right there with you. <laughs> awesome, isn't it? Not quite math ML. Not quite usable. But it looks great, doesn't it? I'm assuming you're seeing all your proper math symbols up here. Doesn't sound so good. So, what does it look like in Braille? <laughs> oh my, everything you just heard. You see a bunch of, and right now, and then my display just went blank. It just gave up. Um, Are those table borders or, you know, fake? This, is, this, was a, this was just a sixth grade math book that I downloaded that just has examples tossed into the text. But again, as a visual person, you're going to assume it looks right. We've got that speech thing on the, that eye thing, and it's all going to work, right? Not quite. Now, it would work if this was done in MathML, but since it would work, I'm not going to show you because that would defeat my whole argument. Uh, so. But that's the point. I mean, there is no MathML. They want to talk about how there's all this great support for Nimeth and blah, blah, blah. Well, you go to the iBook store, you type in sixth grade math book as a teacher, and you're like, oh, look, they can use this. No, they can't. It's, that's the point. It's very much like the Daisy argument years ago. People said Daisy, 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 but there were no books. So now we've got MathML, but there are no books, so but it's catching dragging, up. But then there's nothing to use it with. Well, and from a teaching standpoint, I'm guessing 99% of the math teachers out there are going to have no idea what MathML right. is. No, they're not. They're going to go to the iBook store, and they're going to say, oh, here's this book right here. They're going to download it, and they're going to think it's going to work. I mean, that's the way it's presented. But it doesn't. But what you can do... Sorry, visuals, the screen's going to go blank again for you. 
Does that bother you when this breeze goes blank? Good. I really feel bad for you. Kind of in the same way that those waitresses feel bad for me when they start talking louder. What does he want? <laughs> so now we got the visuals. What do they want to see? <laughs> file manager F. All right, are you all seeing me? Yes. Are you seeing file manager? Yes. Good. I would have take pens folder 0518203300 Now, this was a math worksheet that was created. Now, it's going to show with your little words, your equals, times, multiplied, or whatever, on here because of the, the limitations of the video driver. But this is going to open in perfect Nimitz. I put a notetaker notes.txt save. Yes, loading. Go away. So now I'm looking at, and you should be seeing 4 plus 3, and then it spells out equals x on the screen. No, you get the actual symbols right Holy mackerel, we're better than I thought. Okay, never mind. How's that for even cooler? So, and what this is, this took very little effort to create. Um, I can't say that. I didn't create it, but I'm assuming it didn't take much effort. It's just a worksheet that was created in, in, in Microsoft Word. And they just use the mathematical expressions that are available there. We saved it as a rich text format and imported it into here. Pretty nifty, huh? So that's working now in the latest version of your firmware? Yes. See, I got an ah, sort of a... He came here thinking he would know everything. I love it when I know more than you do. Can you repeat that process? It was, it was written in Word. It was written in Word, and if you go into your menus in Word, you, you have a, and I forget where the menu is, where you can import mathematical expressions like for addition, subtraction, multiplication, square roots. It just has a list of symbols that you click on, and which is not very blind friendly. Uh, but you're creating it, yeah, under symbols. Thank you. It's the, that deserves a Starbucks card. I didn't know. <laughs> As a symbol of my gratitude. All right, do we have a visual who's willing to get it back to him? Otherwise, I'm going to randomly toss it. All right, there you go. If, if you wouldn't mind, give me your contact information later. We'll put you on our propaganda list. Nothing is free in this world. <laughs> well, it's not. But again, this is something you can't do on your iDevices. I can't readily create accessible Nimeth materials on my iDevices, and I certainly can't do my answers. On my, on, on my iDevice at this point, unless I'm working in something that's going to accept MathML, right? Whereas on here, if I'm going to go into a new document uh, just because I can. Sense document, rail document, text document, top of document. So now, if I'm doing my answers to a math assignment, I go into Nimeth, and I can write, I'm not very good at math, so we'll write 4 times 8 equals 12. Well, <laughs> <laughs> told you I wasn't very good at math. <laughs> at least I can claim I did it intentionally. And that's showing up now. Is that showing the multiplication symbol or is it spelling out times? Okay. And so this is, and, and this is still beta. It'll be released in a couple of weeks, so we'll fix it. But it's showing up in perfect Nimeth. And if I save this as a .doc file and send it to my teacher, it's going to print using all of my math symbols. So there's no weird printing symbols. That feature is not Will be shortly. And actually, in fairness, the, the, the opening up as an RTF is the last stages of beta. It'll be available in a couple of weeks. It's available on my unit. <laughs> but this is the type of thing that it's important to 
to remember that you've got the ability, it, it, it looks fine on your iDevice when we looked at that math bit earlier, but it didn't work. This happens an awful lot where people make assumptions that, that and a lot of times, frankly, the people that are making these assumptions know more about football stadiums than Braille, right? And it's not fair to pick on the football stadiums, except that I was in northwest Arkansas one time, and this guy was whining about having to spend a few hundred bucks on a video magnifier, and there, were like, there was like a $12 million stadium that was being finished right out back. Like, I'm sorry. Let's go back and review that from the stands, um, so, which are cushy. <laughs> so, but that's sort of the whole, and, and, and I could keep going on with examples with this, but frankly, that, that is the point of this, and you've got to have a multitude of solutions to be able to achieve your objectives, which frankly is increasing the critical thinking abilities of your students, which will then turn them into productive workers, which will let them go on to live rich and productive lives. Any thoughts or questions so far on what we're doing? I logically have a sort of a devil's advocate because one of the concerns that troubles me when the kid gets to be 12, 13, 14 is note takers like this are tremendous and I've seen you know kids really blossom when they use them. What I have not seen is a thrust, and this is not a technological issue, it's a, it's a policy slash procedural slash philosophical one. Right. Where uh, there's no push for a lot of these kids to learn in addition to what you're showing. Right. To use a computer to prepare stuff for sighted consumption, which is a skill they must have if they really are going to, you know, talk about employability, right? Right. I, I'm not against, I totally support Braille as a the basic foundation. But the, what, the, what, what has been happening in the, in the real world uh, is once you get them hooked on these devices, that's all they want to learn. And I think, but I think you're, you're, you're feeding into the same, we're feeding into the same argument. It may be what they want to learn, just like the, the, there are other folks that want them to learn your iDevices or your computer or whatever. And what we know is that they need all of them. Yes. You, you cannot on really effectively on your iPad or your note taker at this point produce a, 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 a beautifully formatted document with pie charts and graphs inserted in the right places and all of your different colors of fonts and your headers and footnotes, footers there appropriately, you, it's not going to happen. You're going to end up using your computer. But again, this is a time that the student needs to think or the professional needs to think, what do I need to do to make an acceptable looking document for the rest of the world, not me? Okay. And this is... And this is where I would go away from the note, the, the, the note taker or my iDevice at this point. This is where I'm going to grab my PC or my Mac. I say this not to blame you or to talk against anything you've been talking about. I just highlight the issue because it is of concern to me and I, I'm distressed when I see so many kids who can come to me when they're 17 years old and say, I have to learn how to use a computer. And I would agree. And I th what, I, what I don't want you to leave here with and what I am not advocating in any aspect whatsoever is I am not saying there is a one-piece solution. Do not hand your, your students or your employees a note-taker and write them off saying you're done. Just like I don't want you to do that with your iPad or whatever. It is a tool in a toolbox that then allows a student or, or, or a professional to make reasoned and intelligent, hopefully, decisions about what they need to use at what time. It is just, it is exactly what happens in the visual world. Well, so, that's, a, that's a really good point because I think in the four years of the iPad, People have forgotten what Steve Jobs said. He said that these are devices that are gateway devices. You still need cars and trucks. You still need an 18-wheeler. Google doesn't know that. Well, that's true. <laughs> <laughs>
Anyway, I'm sorry. Yeah, no, no, but but we're not talking Android devices. We're talking uh, iPads. Right. So, <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. Can, can we also point out that the uh, device you have there will also read books from the Library of Congress? It certainly will. And, and, and both will read books from the Library of Congress. I think it's fair to say that we do it a bit, it, 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 it's a bit more of a streamlined approach. And that's not a, a slap against the NLS app. It's very cool. Um, and if I was going to be taking, but again, that's a very good, if I'm looking at a book from the Library of Congress, especially if it's a, a Braille book, because I don't listen to a lot of books, I may read that book on my note taker or my Braille edge if I'm not at the beach. If I really want to find out the end of that book, and I'm desperate to find out the end of that book, I may, I may listen to it on my iDevice so that I don't have to take a several thousand dollar device to a beach. That's critical thinking. That's an intelligent decision. Beach, braille display, bad. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to make a comment on the educator's side when we're talking about all these devices that are good to have in their toolbox, and I'm a true believer in that, but on the education side too, I'd like to find someone who can invent how to put more hours in the day to be able to teach all these different types of devices to these students because they're all viable ones. What we end up doing is concentrating on one because that's really all we're allowed to as far as time is concerned to be able to teach them along with all their core curriculum classes, their expanded core curriculum classes, and if they want to have a life with science. I would I would agree, and and what I wish would happen a lot more, and what happens with a lot of your more successful students, is that you have significantly more parent involvement. So that a lot of this takes place outside of the classroom, so that people do this radical thing called raising their kid. Um, you know, and which leads into a whole other philosophical discussion that we could go down as far as funding and everything else, but we'll, we'll spare it. But I, I, I would agree, but that is the same quandary that teachers face often with visual students, where they're spending all, a lot of the time trying to impart you know, whatever the lessons may be, and you've got a kid whose parents are on the you know, losing jobs and on the verge of homelessness who aren't paying any attention, and you don't have time to, to look at those issues. You've, you know, it's a matter of how much time you have in a day and, and what you're there for, and I totally understand your, your pain. But as a teacher for 14 years, I think our job is to, when you hand a student a note taker, you're also handing them an awful lot of responsibility. And that responsibility is you teach them Here's how to get help if you can't find the command for navigating a combo box on the internet. Don't call me. Here's how you get yeah. help. Here's where it is. And part of that responsibility as a teacher, we, I mean, you are not going to know every command. It's not your responsibility. It's not your job. It is your student's job. You teach them where to go look, how to solve, how to problem solve. And they have to take some responsibility because it's different being an end user of a note taker than it is being a sighted person or you know who's not using a note taker. You only have so many hours in the day, and you have to impart that responsibility on your student to, to know where to go look, how to find those answers because you're not there. Like I'm not here. Find it. And that's a lot of our jobs as teachers is to just go in there and say, okay, you know, here's how to here's how to look this up. Teach them how to fish. And here's the second part of that. When they do run into something that they don't know, that they genuinely are confused on, don't, I don't want you to call me. Let them call me. I really don't want to talk to you. And that's nothing against you. But you are a middle person at this point. 
you are not using this for, for your basic survival. That student is. And if they have to make that call, which is sometimes a little scary, I don't want to talk to those people far away. Too bad. This is just the beginning. There are lots of things you don't want to do. Dave? Yes. I'm thinking about a Canada. Uh, what we did uh, is, is a solution around that. Uh, it took many years, but uh, we were able to get to the people who were writing the curriculum for our provincials, uh, for, the, um, uh, for our students in British Columbia. And what we've actually been able to do is convince them that these students, as you have just heard, it takes them hours and hours. So what we actually did was we created a course with visually impaired and a course with communication, and they actually get credits. And it's like any other course, a math course, and it, it happens usually at a high school level when they've gone through a little bit of their technology career, and they get credit, and they actually go to a class with their vision teacher, and they learn how to use a braille note or how to use the technology. And they, it's part of what they earn to graduate. It took a long time to do that, but we were able to convince the people that you're an AAC user, or if you're one student, you need at some point in time to spend an awful lot of time on some technology in order to be a level person. So it was a long time coming, but I think it was a big step forward. And a lot of this is convincing the parents of the students that this technology, whether it's your iDevice, your Mac, your PC, your Android device, your note taker, all of the above, different pieces of the above, are tickets to independence, not only as far as an educational or a work standpoint, but they allow you to do things like, you know, order groceries, download music, you know, if you've got a teenager, order flowers for their girlfriend, whatever. This is all, this all is, uh, do I? <laughs> All of this technology does a lot of what cars do for visual people. Not as much fun. I like the speed. But, uh, and that's the part that we often leave out of this. We, we, we make this stuff work, and it doesn't have to be work. It can be an awful lot of fun. And at this point, I'll be quiet, because we're, about, we're about to get kicked out by the thanks people anyway. Do we have any thoughts or questions? Or, and I'm sorry this has been sort of ad hoc. It's just sort of... It's a perfect fitting for the close of a busy conference. Any other thoughts or questions as we wrap this up? If you really want to see the PowerPoint that we painstakingly prepared for this, come by the booth and I'll be happy to show it to you. Uh, I'll also read all the slides to you in the new PowerPoint viewer that's available in uh, HIMS version firmware 8.1, available in a couple weeks with the Nimbus features that we showed earlier. Uh, how was that for a really well worked in commercial? Wasn't that excellent? <laughs> In closing, just one more plug while we're at it. Come by and see us in booth 705 or 805. This has really been him sort of coming out party at CSUN. We have an awful lot of revolutionary new products. Uh, this is our 15th year of existence. I don't think people realize we've been around that long. We've only been in the, uh, the U.S. as an independent company for about four years. And I think we finally really reached, you know how you go through those growing pains in the beginning where You've got to convince people that you're viable, which we're well beyond at this point. Now we can show you that we're, that we're revolutionary and that we have solutions that'll meet, that'll meet your needs. Come by and see the Blaze, see eBot, see the new firmware for the Braille Sense, see the Braille Edge. Don't have a robot today, you missed him. He was here yesterday. Uh, you got a picture? Good deal. We are also doing drawings for more Starbucks cards at the Hymns booth, so we're also open to bribing you. Thank you guys very much. Meet eBot, the revolutionary new video magnifier from HIMSS. The eBot connects to your iPad or Android device through a self-contained, dedicated Wi-Fi connection. It can also connect to your PC, Mac, or a monitor of any size. 
The eBot weighs just four pounds and its battery lasts throughout the day. To learn more information, visit us on the web at www.hims-inc.com. Or if you're at CSUN, meet the eBot in person in booths 705 and 805. eBot, the new standard in video magnifiers. Welcome to this quick demonstration of using maps in OS X Mavericks to look up an origin point and destination point and being able to read the route step instructions, of course, using VoiceOver. So before I get started, let me just say that I've got my Mac turned on, VoiceOver is running, and as usual, let me start from a known spot on the desktop with the VoiceOver command Shift VOD. And of course, the VO keys being the control and option keys held down together. So I'll do that now. Shift VOD or Shift Control Option D. Desktop Macintosh HD volume. Now, to get to the Maps application, I need to go to the Applications folder. And of course, that's Shift Command and A. Applications. List view table. And I want to quickly jump down to Maps. That's going to start typing in MAPS. Mac Maps app application. Command O to open it. Open. Maps. Map window. Toolbar. I need to interact with the toolbar, and of course the voiceover command for that is Shift VO Denaro, or Shift Control Option Denaro. Interact with toolbar. I'm going to do VO right arrow, Control Option right arrow to get to the directions checkbox. Directions, unchecked checkbox. And I'm going to check it with spacebar. Current location, origin location field, search text field. Okay, now I'm going to put in a origin point. And recently I had to go from work in Gosford Central Coast Australia to the Grange Hotel where we can have nice lunches and of course drinks. So I'm going to put my work address in and then the destination is going to be the Grange Hotel address which is nearby work. Okay, so I'm going to type in my initial work address starting with 237-M-A-N-N-S-T-R-E-E-T and you heard it say 8 items, that's because it's starting to search as soon as I start typing. Now if I press the down arrow key. North Gosford in SW 2252372237 Mam Street Gosford in SW Australia. That's the one that I want, so I'm going to press enter. Closing menu. 237 Mam Street. Origin location field search text field. Now even though it says origin location text field again, I'm now on the destination field. If I press VOF3 or control option F3. Destination location field search text field is in the voiceover cursor. Okay, it says destination text field, so now I'm on the right field. And by the way, if you wanted to use your current location in the current location field, the first field, you can just press Command plus L and press Enter. And I find when the focus moves automatically to the destination field, it will actually say destination field for you. So I'm going to type in the destination address. Now rather than typing in a street name this time or a partial street name, I'm going to type in the business name. So I'm just going to type in the Grange Hotel. Menu, 25 items. Close menu, 12 item menu, 3 items. Okay, and as you heard it was narrowing it down as I was typing. I press down arrow. The Grange Hotel CNR Pacific Highway, Narara, NSW, Australia. That's the Grange Hotel, Pacific Highway, Narara, Australia. Now to use that address, I'm just going to press the Enter key, and that's going to automatically take me to the Route Steps table. So I'm pressing Enter now. Route Steps table. 
one of two suggested routes, seven, min, three, five, km. It said one of two routes. If I wanted to get to the next route, I'm just going to press the right arrow key. Four rows added, two of two suggested routes, nine, min, three, six, km, showground road, pin. Okay, so it tells me that that route is going via showground road. If I go back to the first route, or the previous route with the left arrow key. One of two suggested routes, seven, min, three, five, km, Pacific Highway, pin image. And that route is going via the Pacific Highway. So if I wanted to go via Showground Road, I can just press right arrow. Four rows added, two of two suggested routes, nine, min, three, six, km, Showground Road, pin image. Okay, and it said it's going to take me about nine minutes, and this is by car. So if I press the down arrow key. Two, three, seven, Man Street, Gosford NSW, two, two, five, zero, step image. That's our origin point for starting navigation. Four, eight, M, at the roundabout, take the first exit onto Man Street, step image. Okay, so this is telling us now in metres where to turn on the roundabout. If I press down arrow again. Four, three, seven, M, turn left onto Racecourse Road, toward Gosford Hospital, Gosford Tennis Centre, step image. Okay, 437 metres, turn again, and so on. And if I kept pressing down arrow, I could go through all the steps to get to the Grange Hotel. Now, this is by car navigation, so that's going to take about nine minutes. Let me see what it's going to take walking. So I'm going to get to the walking radio button by doing the jump command for voiceover, which is, this case, I'm going backwards. So it's Shift, VO, Command, J, or Shift, Control, Option, Command, J. So I press that now. Clear button. That's the clear button. Walk radio button, two of two. That's walk, radio button, two of two. And keep going back to the left if you like. So that's shift, VO, command, J again. Car, selected radio button, one of two. Yes, that's what I'm currently on, car. So I'm going to go forward with VO, command, J, or control option, command, J. Walk radio button, two of two. And once I press spacebar to select it, it's going to go back to the route steps table for me. Pressing spacebar now. Route steps table. Suggested route, 4, 2, min, 3, 5, km, Pacific Highway, pin image, selected. Okay, and in this case, it's taking me via Pacific Highway. There's no alternative route, and it said it's going to take 42 minutes rather than 9 minutes by car to walk there. If I press down arrow, 2, 3, 7, Man Street, Gosford NSW, 2, 2, 5, 0, step image. That's the origin point, down arrow again. 2, 9, M, enter the roundabout, step image. Okay, 29 metres, enter the roundabout, down again. 1, 9, M, exit the roundabout onto Man Street, step image. Okay, 19 metres, exit the roundabout onto Man Street, and someone pressing down to get to the bottom to get to the Grange Hotel. Now finally, if you wanted to share the route or export it, you can also do that. If I press VOM or Control Option M to get to the main menu. Menu bar Apple. And I'm pressing VO Writer or Control Option Writer. Maps. File. There's file, pull it down with VO, dinner, option, dinner. File menu, five items. New window command, capital N, close window command, capital W, share submenu. Okay, that's the share submenu, and one below it. Export as PDF ellipsis. That's where you can export it as a PDF text file. If I do VO upper, option, upper. Share submenu. I can share, and if I do VO spacebar, contraption spacebar. Share submenu, eight items sent to David Woodbridge's iPad mini. And I'm just going to keep pressing VO, then I'll contraption arrow. Send to David Woodbridge's iPhone. I can send to my iPhone, of course, to bring it up in maps on either my iPad or my iPhone in this case. Email. I can email the route steps. Messages. I can message it. Airdrop. Airdrop it. Twitter. Twitter. 
Facebook. Facebook. Add bookmark. Or I can add it to my bookmarks to keep it again for next time. And of course, I can choose one of those options, or I could just press Escape and Command Q out of Maps, or I can now go and have lunch or have a drink by pressing via up arrow. Facebook, Twitter, AirDrop, Messages, Email. Send to David Woodbridge's iPhone. Send to David Woodbridge's iPhone. I'm going to press the Enter key. Send to David Woodbridge's iPhone. One notification. Maps. Now. Directions from 237 Man Street. Gosford and SW2250 to Grange Hotel. If I double tap on that. Okay, so it's brought up the Maps app on my iPhone automatically. At the top of the screen using VoiceOver. Clear. Button. And I flick to the right. The Grange Hotel. 42 minutes, 35 kilometres. Okay, that's the Grange Hotel. Start. Button. And I can one finger double tap to start. And if I flick to the right. Direction 1 of 11, 30 metres. Enter the roundabout. Adjustable. Okay, and here's the directions. And if I one finger flick up. Direction 2 of 11, 20 metres. Exit the roundabout onto Man Street. Okay, and of course, if I was really at work... As soon as I started moving, the built-in speech would also kick in with maps and give me talking directions as well. But for the moment, I'm just going to press my home button. Messages. And lock my iPhone with my power button, top right-hand side. Screen locked. And I'm going to come back to my Mac. And I'm going to close down maps with Command-Q. Finder. Applications window. Close down my applications folder with Command-W. Close window. Now in desktop. And I'm back to the desktop on my Mac. So that completes this demonstration. I hope you've enjoyed this quick demonstration. Thanks for listening and bye for now. Well, we do want to thank you for being with us this week here on Main Menu and hope you'll join us back here again next week on Main Menu. You have a great week and we'll see you soon here on Main Menu.